Welcome to Through the Wire, episode 15. I can't say the, the normal intro, man. I usually say I got the normal cast, but we're missing one of our, our podcasters. Man. Mike is not here today. He's dealing with strep throat. So, you know, the strep throat, you can't really talk. And we don't really want to catch what he got. So he's going to sit this one out. And to be honest with y'all, he's going to be sitting out basically probably our best episode ever. Probably. And we're yeah. we going to miss you, Mike. Definitely it's a big difference without you being here. You probably would have loved to be here, but this is a big moment for you. Yeah, so the agenda goes, we're going to record a normal show. About half the show is going to be us three talking about things that are going around the league. And then the second half, if everything goes as planned, we're going to be interviewing some NBA players for the first time here on the show. Yes. Popular NBA. Uh, popular, uh, newly popular NBA players, I should say. I can't, I, we can't even bury the league because most likely in the title it's going to say their name, you know? Because we, oh, we got to yeah. get the clips. Yeah, duh. So yeah. we trying to bear, but if everything goes as planned, we will be interviewing um, Cal Kuzma and Larry Nance Jr. tonight, Man. which is which is crazy. It'll be our first NBA-type interview, and we got, we're going to try to approach it differently because these guys have interviews every day since they've been into the league, so we're trying to not give them questions that they already have. So we've been working around the clock since we found out that this is a possibility to try to put together some of the best questions they'll ever have. Yes. Hate typical basketball interview. How how does it feel to be um, in the NBA? Uh, <laughs> what would you recommend to a young kid trying to pursue the NBA? Like, it's just questions that they hear every single day, man. So we're we're gonna do our best to try to get them to think outside the box and uh, have an interview that they can enjoy. Because I'm sure as an NBA player, you probably get tired of uh, interviews after a certain point. Yeah, and as a fan, I like to know things outside of the NBA. Yeah, like, yeah. what's your favorite food? You right. know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. just simple things. So many people try to dive too deep into things when it can just be simple. Because if we want to know what it felt like to be a Laker, we can just go watch any other interview they've ever done. Because I feel like that's a question that people get as a Laker. How exactly. does it feel? So we're going to be talking about more than just basketball, but I think it'll be a great interview. Uh, we do have Pierre. We do have Derek. Again, Mike is not here. Yo. If you enjoy the show. <laughs> Let us know by leaving a rating. We have like almost a thousand ratings on iTunes, guys, and they're they're like all five stars. Yeah, so I appreciate you guys. We appreciate that heavy. Let's let's get it to a thousand on this episode, especially since we got some guests coming in. Uh, let's get into the show. Two days before LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers are supposed to be in New York to play against the Knicks, during the interview he said the Knicks passed on a really good one, and. Dallas got a diamond in the rough. Of course, you talk about Dennis Smith Jr. He should be a Nick. There are going to be some headlines, but he should be a Nick. I know they're excited that he didn't go there. And then, of course, Nance Cancer being probably the one of the best teammates in the world said, nope, we love what we got. Thanks. And ultimately, this led to the next game where we got a scuffle, starting off with Frankie giving the little nuts to LeBron, and then Nance Cancer coming over to protect his rookie. And I love this. Man, as a Nick fan... This made my year. Like, so far, this made my year. I, you can go ahead. It's funny because LeBron literally said that wasn't a diss at Frank yep. or anything. He said that was literally just a diss at Phil Jackson. So I don't even know why they're still even beefing about the whole situation. Because that's something like when they say no offense, but they offend you. Yeah, yeah. It comes. It's still a shot at him. Because yeah. I was when he said Dennis Smith Jr. is a better player. When really exactly. we don't we don't know exactly. Yeah, he may be playing better at this moment, but you don't know how their career is going to go. So. Uh, I, I, I love this from both sides, actually. I still love LeBron because even when Frankie did push him, he kind of did like rubbed it off because like I'm big, you're yes, small. So yes, I, yes. I just thought the scuffle in general was great for, for basketball. And man, in his cancer, people can say what they want about his defense. He's a walking double-double, and he's probably one of the most loyal players in the NBA, and I love it. Without a doubt. And that's the type of stuff a young team like the Knicks uh, who struggled in the past, that's the type of unity we need to move forward and create a new culture of winning basketball because that's exactly what that represents. And even his post-game interview when he was talking about the loss and saying, like, you know, no more coming into the garden playing, you know, flip the bottle uh, during the game, uh, making a reference to LeBron James last year when the Cavs came and, and blew us out mm-hmm. and they were on the bench, you know, playing flip the bottle. And I, that's wow, yeah, that's I what I like that. to hear and, and, and see. Um, because that is disrespectful. We, we New York and Madison Square Garden is too monumental and, and historic uh, in basketball for teams to just come and run us over like that and disrespect us. Yeah, but see, LeBron still says he's the king of New York. I, I got no problem with that because yeah. I can't wait for him to come 
and put on that blue and orange because that's all he's saying. And, you know, every time he every time he gets interviewed, he talks about how Madison Square Garden is the best uh, arena in basketball, and he loves to play on that stage. And you know, come on, Brian, I know you want to play in the, you can play on that stage every single night and bring us a championship for the first time. And I don't know how long. So come on, Brian, come on. The reason I like Atlanta's cancer so much because I don't know much about Porzingis, but for me, from what I see, he doesn't seem like a verbal leader. He's without a doubt the leader of the team, but he's not the type to, from from what I've seen, again, I, I haven't really, what, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't watch interviews, but he just doesn't seem like a very talkative guy. You know who he is exactly like? Who's that? Dirk. Okay. Yeah, Dirk is never a real verbal leader, but Inez Cantor can be that. You know, mm-hmm. Inez Cantor is the ultimate teammate, and he's going to stick up for his guys in interviews. He's sticking up for them on the court, and I think every team needs a guy like that. Exactly. And, but- and it, it helps out a lot that he's actually playing, too, because a lot of times those those defenders are on the bench, you know? Yep. They, they just on the roster to be that big body just to defend their team. Dante Jones type guys. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they just they just there, but Inez Cantor is actually on the court. Dirk really didn't need to be the vocal leader. His point guards were the leaders of his team. Yeah, he's always had a nice point guard alongside. Yeah. At least the winning Dirk teams always yeah. had a nice point guard on them. And we hoping, you know, we can get something like that from uh, somebody else on our team. Because is he's so good. I don't want him to have to do anything extra that he doesn't, that's not him. Just continue to be you. His energy on the court, his leadership is tough. true. Yeah, you can he, yeah you can lead by example. Yeah, Ain't he, nothing wrong with, with leading by he example. He puts that team on his back and say, hey, I'm going to take you to the promised land, just like LeBron do. He might not be taking him to the playoffs like LeBron do, but he at least keeps the They don't the see. Right now, we in the playoffs, baby. Yeah, yeah. They we got a better record than the, the Cavs, Cavs, even yes, after the sir. loss. Yes, sir. The Cavs are the ninth seed still. And we playing, even that game we lost, we played good basketball, mm-hmm. but, you know, down the stretch, youth came up. And that's LeBron James. If we're going to lose that game, I'm fine with losing to, the, you know, the, the team that just went to the finals what the last? Well, LeBron's been at seven, but the Cavs have been there four. Three. Has it been three? Oh, this would be four. Okay, yeah. If they get it, if so, if. we we lost to a, we lost on a comeback to a team that's been to the finals the past three years. I'm okay with that. And it was mostly due to just blown screens with Cal Corver. Cal Corver shot them back into the game. Cal Corver and um, Shannon Fry mm-hmm. shot them back into the game. Without that, the Cavs still lose. They were lo- they were down to like 15 at one point. Yeah, a lot of things went the Cavs' way. You yeah. know, Perzingis, I don't know how many times if we do that game over, he's going to miss two free throws mm-hmm. uh, down the stretch. I, I just don't know how many times it's going to happen. Uh, you know, then a lot of rebounds. Just, you know, at the end of the game, they got an offensive rebound on LeBron's missed free throw. You know, just little just little things like that, that a, a team, a young team that's been losing for so many years like us, we have to just clean those type of things up and learn how to win. But, you know, it's, it's nothing that can't be fixed. I like this. I, I like that that um, the Knicks are winning, you know. It's been it's been a while since they've been there. And even right now, their roster is saying that they shouldn't be winning. Mm-hmm. So that that's a bright thing, that, that they are winning, that these younger players are helping them win. Because who, who's their core right now? There's Chris Stops, there's Frankie. Who, who's their long-term players? Is that just it right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would like to see Willie Herman Gomez be in that mix. He was, before the season started, he was a part of my core. Um, but, yeah, I would say Chris Stapps and um, Frankie. Who has a better future right now, the Knicks or the Lakers? The Lakers. The New York Knicks. I was hoping that we got y'all disagreeing on this. Because when I look at the, the Knicks, they have a for sure bona fide superstar. superstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Lakers don't have that yet. They got players that could be – well, a player that could be that. Um, uh, the reason the reason I say the Knicks is not because I'm biased and everybody knows I like Lonzo. But in order for Lonzo to be what Chris Stapps is emerging to become – you have to put the right pieces around Lonzo. He can make players better, but, I mean, the better players you put around him, he can make them better, the better your team will be. Um, and they just got a lot of ifs, you know what I mean? Like, Brandon Ingram is a – you know what I mean? Like, is he going to be a, a star or is he mm-hmm. going to be a role player? Um, Kyle Kuzma, is he going to keep this up? And then, like I said, you know, Lonzo has to have the right pieces around him. But – I take that back. I think I am going to go with the Lakers just because they have they have the youth and they have the players that could potentially be there, and they actually have the cap, and they just moving in that right direction. We kind of got money tied up into Courtney Lee, Joe Kim Noah. Um, we 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 hoping that Frank becomes something. Um, so yeah, but I, it does feel good. 
to have a bona fide guy like you mm-hmm. said he's averaging 30 points right now in his third year um and you know exactly you know who your corner your cornerstone piece is so i don't know i'm kind of torn what you think I think I may go Lakers too. I, I was thinking Knicks because of they got the bona fide superstar, but again, they, there's there's no ceiling on this Lakers team. Lonzo again could be Jason Kidd. Yeah, Cal Kuzma. We haven't seen a guy like him in the league that comes out like this, so we don't know what his ceiling is at all. Like I don't even know who to compare his game to because nah, his it's, game is just completely different. Yeah, yeah, like even in his pre-draft interview, of course, we've been doing our research on on him. Yeah, he was just saying that like he wants to be that small ball four and that he he wants to be something that nobody's seen. And right now, we haven't seen a player like him, so we don't know where his ceiling is. Brandon Ingram, a lot of people are counting him out already, but it's still too it's too early to count out guys like him. Way too early. And you need to stop comparing him to KD. Yeah, that. that that's was the big wrong. downfall. Yeah. That was the big downfall because there is no other KD. There's yeah. never been KD, and there may never be a KD. He doesn't play like their games. I don't see it being similar. I think KD is way more explosive. It's just their, it's just KD is more explosive yep. than him. It's their body frame. Yeah, yep. that, that's the only reason. <laughs> and it's stupid to even have him compared to somebody like that just because the way they look. You know. Yeah. Let, let's let's build it around their games. But again, you don't know the ceiling for those players. And right now, the Knicks only have Porzingis who. We kind of understand where his ceiling could be, and that would mm-hmm. be like a Dirk, but just yeah. more athletic. And then Frankie, we don't know much about, too much about, except for that dude plays great defense. Great defense. As a rookie, a 19-year-old rookie is out there playing amazing defense on veterans. Steals last night? In the first half, he had five, which is crazy. I think he finished with six, maybe. Yeah, six. And that was his biggest thing on his draft um, board or draft scouting report was his defense. His defense and his ability to knock down a shot. So... You know, uh, I'm leaning towards the Lakers as well. Um, I'm, I'm also a big fan of Luke Walton, and I was a big, per, uh, a, a big, what do you call it, supporter of getting him before he was there. I feel like he fits that um, that Lakers brand perfectly, and um, I hope that they give him the right time to make it happen. Uh, I hate when team. I hate when oh, teams. I hope they don't do this to him. Yeah, I, I hate when teams say. do that. They 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 don't give the coach a proper time and they let him go and then they you know it's like a coach he's there through all the growing pains yeah. and then they let him go and now the team is successful like what they did with Mark Jackson Mark Jackson exactly, exactly. I hate when they do that to coaches I hate when they do that because they deserve way better and Luke Walton seems like a good coach exactly he makes the necessary moves like last night I guess Lonzo I didn't watch the game personally but I guess Lonzo didn't have the best game mm-hmm. so he benched him for the entire fourth because Jay, uh, Jordan Crawford Jordan Cro- Clarkson, Clarkson yeah. was having the high hand you know that's yeah. the type of stuff you want you don't want to play favoritism you want to put your best players forward you know and I Luke Walton probably right now is probably one of my favorite coaches in basketball so I watched probably 90% of his interviews after the game um and that's something he's been openly talking about for the course of the season. He was saying that he's told the guys that he's playing who is playing well at the time. That's, that's There's great. no, you know, if, if if the second unit is carrying the team and they're thriving, you're going to play. If you're the third point guard in, in the rotation, but you're just having that night, you're going to play. That's that's just period. That's the Greg Popovich mentality. And I think that's just That's how coaching. every coach should go. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. we talked about this. That, well, this was off camera. This was off the show. But, like, having set – Having set rotations, it's good until you figure out who is hot tonight. Exactly. You know, like, for example, a lot of teams get like in six minutes in, boom, some of their starters come out to rest for the rest of the the, the quarter. Mm-hmm. But when the fourth quarter come down, you don't want to just play a rotation, especially if a guy is shooting bad. When you got a guy off the bench that's playing his heart out and playing great. So uh, a necessary rotation is good, but only to a certain extent. And I think that's what Luke Walton is doing well. And we just seen it last night. Kyle Corver at 19 and a quarter. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you just got, you have to, you have you to just, roll with it. Yeah. Basketball season is finally back. And you know what that means. It's time to put your basketball knowledge to the test with one-day fantasy basketball at DraftKings. DraftKings is giving away over $400 million in prizes this season. That's more than 10 times what Los Angeles is paying the king himself. No matter what your skill level is, there's a contest waiting for you at DraftKings. Draft your team is simple. Just select eight players and stay under the $50,000 salary cap. Earn points when your players score, assist, block, rebound, and more. The best part is you get to draft a new team every day without any commitment. There's no better way to turn your love of basketball into cash. Download the app or head over to DraftKings.com now and use my code BACKBOARD to support the show and play free with your first deposit. And remember... There'll be $400 million in total prizes up for grabs throughout the season. That's code BACKBOARD to play for free with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligible restrictions apply. 
See DraftKings.com for details. Back in February, Kevin Garnett says something that we're going to talk about in the show, what, eight months later. But I, I think it's, it's a nice little discussion. Still very interesting. Yeah. Relevant. Our league is now at a point where you have to teach more than anything. AAU has killed our league. Seriously. I hate to even say this, but it's real. Kevin Garnett is basically saying that the, the AAU ball is killing the way the league is going. Do y'all agree with that? No, not at all. I feel like AAU as a whole, like, I feel like it taught me a lot when I was playing basketball. I feel like it t- those coaches, I feel like they were much better than my high school coaches. Okay. And I feel like they gave me more opportunities than high school coaches. And I feel like it's less politics involved with AAU than it is in high school. So if you if you playing good, you get the playing time. You earn your playing time. Where in high school, you know, how we talked about in, like, the first episode, that dude bought the – the gun, the shooting gun for the team. You know, he instantly get a boost in minutes. <laughs> right. So none of that plays the factor in the AU. And I feel like with AU, you get more exposure to different talent. You're not going against the same teams all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I went to Indiana for nationals. I played a team from Canada. Like, and how often in high school do you play a team from another country and get to you know see what they play like? Right. Exactly. I don't know. I feel like AU is actually pretty good. Let's let's just, let me just point out the school we went to was complete trash. I don't know if that's how every high school team works the 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 politics and stuff, but our school definitely had the politics. Based on your statement, can I ask you this question? Okay. What did you learn as a basketball player from playing AAU? Because that's that's where a lot of KG's comments come from. I learned that actually playing hard gets you more playing time in high school. I could work my ass off in practice and wouldn't touch the floor the next game. Tell, tell me about it. That's how it was. And in AAU, if I worked my ass off in practice, I would. I saw a significant increase in playing time. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I like AAU for the fact that the exposure is there because it's only so much you can do with um, high school basketball. And, you know, sometimes the playing level isn't always there. Like you said, um, you get to travel and expand your game. So if you are a good player um, and you're flying under the radar or anything, you can get that exposure to go and play a team from this state or that state. You might play uh, Jason Tatum, who was ranked in high school. You know what I mean? You get those opportunities rather than being in high school and you're only playing in your area um, or in a 20 to 30-mile radius of your school. So um, I like AAU for that reason, but – I can see what KG was saying. I don't feel like AAU is teaching a lot of basketball. Um, it's definitely influencing what we would call bad basketball sometimes. Um, and it's a lot of – we're in, we in an era of highlights. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are playing for highlights um, and mixtapes and things like that. So it makes the game a little watered down. Nobody is really trying to read a defense or make situational basketball plays. Everybody's just trying to go out and get their 30 and get their 40. And I don't really think that um, it's helping because when you get to the when you get to a certain level, when you get to certain um, when you get to certain levels, the game becomes different. You know, and it's 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 times and places where you go and you just shoot and get your 30 and try to score. And then it's times where situational basketball that's important. It's time to learn how to read a clock, understand time management, understand how to break a press. Um, understanding how to fake a pass to make a pass, uh, bounce pass. You know what I mean? We're just in a highlight reel era, and I think AAU influences that a lot. And um, I'm I'm very interested, and not interested, but um, I'm very surprised by your statement. Um, it did help me open up my eyes to the fact that you are right about that. High school basketball can very can be very political, and um, sometimes you don't get rewarded for your work and that could be very frustrating especially as a kid um because i think going through it would y'all would y'all admit that when you're going through that you don't really understand you don't realize that it's political when you when you're a student athlete Uh you you know what i mean you could like blame yourself and try to figure out what's wrong with you and your game um when you're a 16 17 year old kid you're not like oh it's political yeah so you think it's something wrong with you you you, exactly but you see like what am I doing? But you also think like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, exactly. But then you also don't want to go to the coach and ask him. Exactly. Nobody. So. Yeah, nobody wants to ever go to the coach and ask him why he's not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and that 
confidence is the biggest thing in basketball, man. And 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 playing five school, like it killed my confidence as a basketball player. It killed and a everybody. Lot, and a lot of times when I finally did. Um, especially like in, in, in my varsity years where I wasn't getting my playing time for whatever reason. When I finally did get my playing time, I didn't have the confidence in myself because yeah. I didn't get the confidence from my coaches to even do anything that I could do. Because you feel like if you make a mistake, all oh, they're taking, they're me, taking out. me out. Yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly. And, and, and it, it limits your game and it makes you timid and uh, hesitant to play your game. You find yourself trying to be this perfect basketball player. When there isn't no yeah, basketball you, player. Yeah, exactly. You just you said it perfectly. I never played AAU ball, so I don't know like firsthand. But from everything I've seen from AAU, when I go visit uh, your brother, your brother plays a lot of basketball, yeah. a lot of AAU basketball. Yeah, he does. One thing I don't see much is good defense, and I don't think that's taught in AAU basketball. It it was on my team because I don't know we our coaches preach good defense, but I don't know. Okay, I've played against teams who play really good defense. And even when I watch like highlights of some of the best player, young players like coming up, when I watch um, Leangelo highlights or Zion, is that his name? When I watch their highlights, I just don't see good defense there from either side. And I, that's a big part of the NBA. You're you're not going to be a successful NBA player if you don't play defense. You know, it's just it's just not part of the way the league works. So yeah, you you can improve your offensive game because you're jacking up shots, but ultimately. Defense is so so important to today's league that if you don't have it, you're not making it. You know that is that's very true. It's a very um, big gap in defense yeah. in AAU uh, scene, and AAU also can be political. Let's mm-hmm. not forget that. Like, it's a lot of people out here AAU teams that have nephews and sons who are they're going to give their minutes to, yeah. and and a lot of people have situations like us where we're not playing. In our high school team, on our high school team, when we deserve to be playing, so our parents go and start teams because it's like, okay, my son, I play in the high schools, so he gonna play. You know, he, I'm gonna start his AAU team. And we're gonna let him play like this, and this is the way he's gonna get a shot. So it can become political as well. Um, and I, I think that's a lot of case too. A lot of people are just in it for themselves. It's a it's a stage for people to make a name for themselves, and it's not really a team thing. I think a lot of people look at AAU as an individual opportunity to showcase who they are uh, well in my case the dude that was my coach his brother was on our team he didn't play favoritism to him he didn't give him playing time because he played on that St. Joe's team you know with Joffrey Jordan Nash mm-hmm. um, that other dude who playing in Nebraska so you know he wasn't getting playing time on that team so he played AAU with us and then we had to do for Morton on our team, Greg. Right. So he was always playing that. And he was a point guard, so he, he was always playing behind guards that were years ahead of him. And well, that's good. It seemed like he, he just had a good coach. It yeah, like he yeah, yeah. Coach. You know, he was yeah, in a real good he, situation. He didn't, he, he didn't, like, put him in the starting lineup or nothing. He plays sometimes, but, like, he didn't play favoritism to him. Right. I just think I was put in a situation where I was put in the right place. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, and I, yeah, exactly. We're not saying every AAU team is like that. We're not saying every high school team is political. Yeah. But, you know, majority um, of it is like that, and we've seen firsthand. So, What year did you play AAU? Um, freshman, sophomore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Those, did you – So, was the AAU season before the, the high school season or summer. after? It's, it's the summer. summer. So, yeah, it's okay. after. Okay. So, the summer – after freshman year, you played AAU and came back sophomore for basketball. Did you feel more confident, yeah. like in high school yeah. games? Okay, yeah. but I didn't get the playing time. Right? Yeah, that sophomore year. I think we talked about this enough, but the <laughs> co- coaching was terrible, and yeah, some of our best players didn't get the minutes that they deserved. That's how bad the coaching was. I didn't. I never played a full summer of AAU, but I had a moment when I was going to, and I was just bouncing around with different teams, do a tournament here and there. Things like that. And my confidence when I came back, it wasn't really anything because mm-hmm. I had to go right back to school and play summer league basketball with the school. And and that was probably when I got my most confidence, actually, summer league with, with my team because it's, it's not a lot of coaching. It's kind of like AAU. They're not trying to throw too many sets or anything like that. You're just going out there, getting a feel for your new teammates and whatnot. And um, I was able to have a lot more freedom then uh, when we hit the season and, and, you know, they want to just give you a role, limited 
oh, you're 6'3", so you're automatically a, a power forward. Uh, <laughs> you right, you yeah. can't play on a perimeter just because you're tall yeah. and that's things worst, like that. Man. Yeah, so. That, that's one thing I really hated about. That's the thing with AAU, that our coaches let our bigs play on a perimeter. Mm-hmm, yeah. And I feel like that really helped me as an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Because your game is not – you're a big guy, but your game is not – down low body to the basket, you exactly. know. You, you, I, but you I stretch. can't do it. Like, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I I felt like they literally limited us, which I'm glad because now we can go into something I meant to ask y'all weeks ago. Uh, I had dropped a video on YouTube comparing our podcast mm-hmm. to people. Did y'all see it? Did y'all did, see our comparison? Did. Yeah. Which like, did y'all like it? Because I, I never yeah. asked y'all or ran it by yeah. y'all. Of course, you can compare it to any NBA. I thought I had yeah. more like a Kevin Durant type game. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trolling. I'm trolling. <laughs> now you sound like Andre Drummond. <laughs> no, you know who you sound like? Willie Cauley Stein. That's going to get us to our next topic. Willie Cauley Stein said when he's talking about Porzingis, I have the same body size and the same skill as Chris Stops Porzingis. <laughs> so who's more delusional, Willie Cauley Stein or Derek? <laughs> Willie Cauley Stein. I'm going to go Willie Cauley Stein. Because I've seen Derek hit some threes and hit some jump shots to make him think that maybe. I've never seen Willie Cauley Stein shoot a three in my life. Nope. nope. Never He's never him. made one. He's never made a three in his NBA I've career. I've never seen him handle the ball on a perimeter. Nope. I don't think he does that either. <laughs> he just said, he said, offensively, I got to be more selfish. He, right now, he's uh, averaging 8.9 points per game. Never made a three. He just says he's got to be more aggressive, and he can be better, or he can be the same as Chris Stops. And this is why the Kings are at the bottom of the standings. <laughs> <laughs> because they're signing George Hill to three-year contract. Terrible. Do, three-year contract. And I like that deal when it first happened. Zach Randolph, two years. You know, Costa Kufus probably has two years. Uh, Vince Carter probably got about $8 million. Wait, Vince Carter not on Memphis no more? No, nah, he's with the he's Kings. He's in Sacramento playing like five minutes a game, making $8 million, though. Mm-hmm. So they should, I feel like Memphis should When they have young players like Justin Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Willie Carly Stein, you are, not, not even, you could be Tyson Chandler if you wake up and realize that you're not Chris Haps-Porzingis. But how many threes does he attempt a game? Probably zero. I mean, if, he's better not be attempted threes if he ain't never made one in a three-year NBA career. <laughs> he's he's our uh, delusional person of the week. We'll, we'll keep it at that. And that's a shame because I like him. Yeah, I like what too. he could be. Um, they got the the Kings have a lot of players that like. I just feel like they they w- won't reach their potential. You know him. Scal wasn't Scal like the number one ranked player in the world once upon a time in ahead, high school ahead of Ben Simmons. That who who else is on that team? They're like Buddy Buddy Hield. I mean, the past three or four games he's been playing great. Because I think never been on Buddy Hill, but they think he's Steph Curry. Of <laughs> yeah, course, they um, um, Aaron just, Fox. I think he's the only him and Justin Jackson can yeah. be some guys. Let's that hope that they, that they can do it. Not, I hope yeah, that they don't this, hurt. This his could skull. maybe be like a, a Cleveland Browns situation. Oh my like God. where no matter how good the quarterback is in college, just going to Cleveland like hurts them as uh, professionals. Jordan Clarkson. Asked why he's playing so well. He said, I want to play well so women like me more. Hey, I don't think he had a problem with women. Uh, <laughs> I done heard about some of the women he done been with. And, you know, uh, you know, I'll be having my ear close to these streets. I got some people out in L.A. <laughs> uh, so I'll be, I'll be in the loop a little bit. And Jordan Clarkson, his name be around. I heard him with some Kendall Jenner, Kylie Jenner, mm. Chantel Jeffries. Um I actually watched the interview, and I'm, I can pull this up after. And he has a hickey on his neck. Oh and then when God. you go to the comments, it say, "Man, Jordan Clarkson got he got it in last night." Man, <laughs> all the comments are talking about the hickey. I don't even think I don't know if I realized the hickey myself while I looked in the comments, but all of the comments are talking about the hickey, man. So, hey. <laughs> hey, any motivation is good motivation, yeah. especially when you plan the way he planned. So, what did he have last night? 26? 25, 25. Something like okay. that in a W. That's the most important thing. He hoped his lettuce seemed to a W. Off really. the bench. Off so. the bench. And yeah, shout out to Jaren Clarkson, man. If it takes the women to get you to play ball, <laughs> do your thing. There, there are a lot of NBA players notorious for getting the women. Will Chamberlain, probably the, the f- god of it. What I like to call a fool with it. <laughs> <laughs> and just, hey, if you, if you need the pennies to, to drop 20, Get them panties, my guy. Yeah, definitely. Before we hit record on the show, we had a nice little discussion about who's the best up-and-coming big in the league because no matter what they say, 
the big man is still very dominant here in this very. league. So our options were Joel Embiid, Chris Stops, Carl Anthony Towns. Who else was there? Nikola Jokic. Nikola, Nikola Jokic. Larry Market. Uh, no, no. But I think those are like the big four. Those are the big four. Best young. up and coming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, Derek, I'm going to let you go first because you don't want to start yeah, this conversation. Start this, yes. What you think? Well, I was, it was a little biased. I was looking at Embiid. I was thinking like, damn, I really play like him. I was thinking like, <laughs> he'll shoot the occasional three. He got that face-up game. He played with his back to the basket. And I, I don't know. It just, his offensive game seems so fluid. But I, his defense is is there sometimes, but it's not there all the time. Yeah. But um, overall, though, I think it got to be Carlin three Towns. Right. But I wouldn't be mad if someone said Porzingis. But those 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 four, you can't really go wrong with either to build your team around. Oh, for sure. I'd be happy if any of them people were in the Bulls jersey. You know. Um, personally, I just think Carl's that guy. Um, he has not hit the defense yet. It's just, it's not in this game just yet. Will he ever get it? We don't know, but he could. He definitely could. But the offensive side is so dominant that his defensive woes are okay. I mean, his team has been doing very fine without him being a defensive stopper. You know, they got Gibson now to guard the other team's best big. Right. So. Shout out to Todd because he's the last couple games he's been doing his thing. I had Double him. Doubles. I had him on fantasy too. That that's how I know. Like if I'm not watching the game, I'm going off your fantasy stats. But nonetheless, um. I think I gotta go. I just gotta go. Carthony Towns, you know, he brings something that I haven't seen the big man in a long time, and I just don't. I don't know exactly what that is that I'm talking about, but I just think he's the best up and coming big. Second, I think I gotta go. Kristaps, though, I think, I, I think I'd have to go. Kristaps. Who who else was there? Embiid and Jokic. Then I'd probably go Embiid and Jokic because Jokic has not been having the great the great season the, the season we thought he was gonna have so far. And Embiid played with thirty five minutes last night. That minutes restriction is no longer there. He helped his team get a win, and I think they were in L A. Right? It was yeah, an away mm-hmm. game. Yep. Got DeAndre Jordan fouled out, and just his trash talk alone is enough for me to be like, I like this guy. You mm-hmm. know, something refreshing to see. His footwork is amazing on that low block. Very, I love it. I love very. It. Yeah, they they were. I was listening to the Nate Duncan NBA show, and um, one of the people, one of the hosts, Danny, he was at the game between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Warriors, and he was saying like the warm ups that Joel and B do were like something he's never seen before. So he's doing a lot of one foot jumpers. So he's bouncing around on one foot and shooting mid range jumpers and stuff. He never seen that before. You, I, that's I guess that's what he. That's you know who he got that from? No, Dirk. Dirk does that. Mm-hmm. They, they're trying to get like his hips and his core all set for his legs and stuff, which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, Dirk does that. I don't know who it was, man. Again, I listen to so many shows that I forget who said what, so I apologize. But they were they were saying that when it comes to your legs and your knees, if you have crazy ankle problems, crazy knee problems, you get your core and your hips down, your leg problems go away. Mm. And that, that's kind of something new in, like, sports science over the past year or so. That's why LeBron, you see LeBron on those, like, stability balls. Mm, Y'all remember that, like, from you. a week ago? All of that is due to, like, getting your core and your hips and stuff set so your knees are okay. Mm. Who you picking, P? Well, y'all know I'm going with that boy, uh, Przingis out there in New York. So, yeah. uh, I just think that his game is just so, like, what can't he do? He can take you off the dribble from the perimeter. You have to respect that jump shot. He can play with his back towards the basket. He can face up. Um, he can dunk on you. He can block shots. My only thing with Przingis is that I want to see double-doubles. I'm so tired of 31-8, and 34-9. I want to see 34-11, and 33-12. I want to see those double-doubles. Um, my, fav- like my favorite to watch out of all of them uh, is the guy that's probably doing the worst this year, starting off to a so-star, Jokic. I just love to watch him play uh, a facilitating center who can shoot the three. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that about him. But, yeah, I'm going to go uh, Przingis, Embiid, Towns, and then Jokic. And that Embiid and Towns, like that's that's damn near a tie too. Like I can't like really just pick one flat out, because um, I like Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, as much as I like Joel Embiid, trash talk and, and his personality, I like Carl Anthony Towns as an ambassador for the NBA. He's a um, a, a good face at the NBA. I think. Man, yeah, he, he's a fan favorite. Exactly. A yeah, you cannot not like him. So I like I like both of those guys. Would y'all say Embiid? I mean. Would y'all say Larry Markin is the best rookie big so far? Mm, good question, man. Who's our options? 
Him, well, would you consider him? Kuzma plays the same position. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know why. I was really looking at Kuzma as a three. I, I always, yeah, but he's, I think he's more of a he small plays, ball four. Yeah, know, that starts at That's what he wants to be, yeah. Um, and I think that's where he flourishes at. So because of that, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> because of that, I don't know. It's between those two. Without a doubt, it's between yeah. those two. And we haven't seen Justin Patton play, who I thought was going to be good. Um, but, yeah. Between I think those two. It's between those two, man. I don't really know. Um, John Collins is up there too. Yes, Jonathan yes. Isaac hasn't been playing great, but I guess it's between those three: John Collins, Cal. I'm gonna Kuzma, just keep it at the two. I don't think Collins compares with them. Yeah, okay, yeah, no, not at all. They've been playing. Really I, good. Yeah, I, I would literally do heads or tails. Right, it's now, a flip up. Yeah, yeah. Both of them, you cannot go wrong with having on your team right now. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see Kuzma pick better spots for himself. Uh, I think a lot of times he forces a lot of shots. Tell him that. Um, so I want to, see him, you know, I just want to see him make some better shot selection. I feel but like Lowry's got to be more aggressive, like in the post. They should be running the the team through him. Why is he only getting six shots? There was a game he got six shots, and I was watching the game. And again, I try to watch every. I didn't. I missed the last one against the Spurs because I was out to dinner. But he should get nearly every shot. I said this like a couple weeks ago. He did. Y'all said no. Why would y'all put that pressure on a rookie? And we did. Yeah. But now you're saying they should run it through him. No, yeah, because, look, I mean, he got five shots against the Spurs. That's not enough. That's not yeah, enough. There's no one else, I don't know. I can see what you're saying. There's no one else worth watching on that team yeah. besides him. But I also don't want him to be super forcey. Exactly. Forcing so it, but, I don't know if you're running, ran through him. running through him and and him being the goat. Like, I don't know. Should they run offense through him? I don't know. That That's whatever. But he should definitely be shooting more than five or six shots a game. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. Against the Spurs, he did get injured. All oh, right. <laughs> oh, but even before that, against the Raptors, he only shot six shots. Against the OKC's Thunder, they only he only shot seven but shots. But that's also self. You know, just like when Lonzo Ball shot two shots. We know he can. He has the green light to shoot more. We know Laurie Markkinen probably has the green light to shoot more than six. These these guys just gotta. But I think Lonzo's more. He wants to win, and he knows if he takes bad shots, it's not gonna help the team win. But two shots is just it's not acceptable. I'm not staying up. They to lost 10. that game too, right? Yeah, okay. I'm not staying up to ten ten thirty to watch you shoot two shots. Because <laughs> you know we in the Midwest, man. I'm, I'm staying up to ten thirty eleven to watch you take two shots. No, thank you. And they lost on a step back three uh, from Damian Lillard, your boy. It's Lillard. We all know what the fourth quarter is. It's Lillard time. Somebody asked me about that guy yesterday. She watching over there. D book. We talking about D book here. They asked me, if Devin, do I think Devin Booker can win an MVP? Oh. And then somebody asked me in the group scoring. chat, can he ever win a scoring champion? Which Terrence, of course, he can win a scoring a scoring title. <laughs> You're talking about a guy that just put up seventy points in his second year, and he's the only scoring option on the team. Yeah, I think he'd be better as a second option, though, man. Yeah, honestly, you think I mean, so? of, of a, like right now, he's fine. As the number one option as this young age is fine. I think he's more of a, like a Bradley Beal type player. I think he'd be better with somebody else aside him. That, I think like, he's better than Bradley Beal. Like at this point, or he will be better than Bradley Beal. He will be. I okay. think he'll be better. Yeah. I think he'll be a better version of Clay Thompson. We see Clay Thompson running to the corners and catching and shooting. I think he's going to put it on the floor. Um, he that's has a, a post up game. That's why I said Bradley Beal. Cause I don't think Bradley Beal is a better version of Klay Thompson. You know what? Though. I take back what I said. I think he can be a number one option for a win- winning team. Let me take that back. A winning team? A but, winning team. But I see what you're saying. If he is your second option. Your, your team is good. Exactly. You're set. Exactly. exactly. That's why I always try to trade for him in 2K because <laughs> your boy be doing great things. But in an interview, he said, in a few years, we'll be in a good spot. Do y'all agree with that? Um, if I was a Suns fan, I would be happy to hear that. But I do not agree with that. Um, y'all know I, I've been saying this since, uh, since the start. The Josh Jackson draft pick was just terrible to me um i'm not against that because I, I not yet at least okay but even i can see i can it's okay to be not totally against it as me but even then the dragon bender pick mm-hmm. that was a fourth overall pick as well so it's just like they're not picking good talent so how does yeah, he expect exactly, them to exactly. and good. you don't have to pick good talent every time because every team messes up yep. but when you get those consecutive chances at fourth overall those are the picks you have to execute on Especially when your best player is a 13th overall pick, like a diamond in the rough, and then you get like two fourth overall picks, you could have something real um, if you really execute. Because a lot, a lot of teams get a franchise 
face of the franchise at 13th overall. Mm-hmm. So you get that, and then you execute on your fourth overall picks. Like You're you safe. got De'Aaron they, Fox. They should be good. Their core should be good, but it's just not. It's not right now. It's really just D-Book right now. And everybody in the team can leave, and they'll still be in the same situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking at this graphic. They have their own pick this year, which will be a bad pick because they suck. They have the Heat's the pick. Heat pick. The Heat I know pick if it's between 8 and 30, um, which it will be between 8 and 30 because – the Heat are not going to be a top seven team in the league. Not They're not. And then they have the Bucks pick 11 to 16, which we they probably won't get this Bledsoe. year at least. And then next year they got their own pick. The year after that they got their own pick. The year after that they got their own pick. And the Heat's pick. And what else do they have? Um, that's it. Young assets. Oh. You can package together a lot of those players. A t- you know, if you're not – like you have to make a decision on Josh Jackson and TJ Warren. I just don't think it's smart to have both of them at the same position when you're this bad and you can package one because they're still very young. So you can put one of those together with the Alex Lynn or Marquise Chris. Uh, Tyler Eulis has shown some promise. Uh, future draft picks, and you can go and get some established talent out there um, that's on those – you know, you might have to, when you're in that position, you might have to take a chance. Alex Lynn doing, didn't amount to what everybody thought. He Man, was not fifth at overall all. pick. So another. He just guy. Had showed signs a couple years ago, but then he just he just he never. Yeah, and I'm not even mad at them for drafting him with the fifth overall pick because he was good in college. And I think that draft pick, the draft class was pretty trash. Yeah, right? that was the one with Carter Williams was the rookie of the year. So yeah, I mean. That that I don't know what they could have done better, but these last couple of years, yeah, they they could have done a little bit better for sure. They um they definitely can be uh in a good spot, but um just the way that their entire organization, their front office, has uh, shown us their their colors and, and their actions, uh, I don't I don't have that much faith in them, especially how they handled the Eric Bledsoe situation. So to close out the show or half of the show, depending on how things go. Um, we're going to do Ask the Wire. Now, we always tweet Ask the Wire before we start recording the show, but very rarely do we get questions worth mentioning, to be honest with y'all. We need y'all to step y'all questions up, but... Today y'all did. Today we y'all did. They so don't have to do tell. nothing with basketball. Y'all can ask us stuff completely out of basketball. It y'all could. Have to be basketball y'all always related. say y'all want to know stuff about us, and y'all like when we talk about ourselves, y'all have to ask those questions, because we're not going to get on here and just be like, hey. Hey, uh, I, <laughs> I went to the doctor this morning. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, we got a question from Ari Mitchell, who said, if you can pick one player in the league to build around that's over 25 years old, who would you pick and why? I picked James Harden. I said his playmaking ability, scoring, ability to close out games. If you put the right pieces around him, your team can go anywhere. Yeah, and the, the right pieces don't even have to be good pieces. They exactly. just got to be shooters, to be honest with you. And your team is successful. And a big who can roll to the rim. That's all he needs. I'm going to pick uh, Kevin Durant. He's 29, which is kind of old for a player you want to bend your team around. Because for the future, what? When you when I say when I think about building a team, I'm thinking about let's think about expansion drafts. So the players that that's going to be on his team that first year are complete trash, and then you work to get them better through drafting and free agency. I'm still picking Kevin Durant, right? Yeah, his 29 is right. His 29 <laughs> is similar to what LeBron's 29 exactly. was. It's very like, different. Not typical. They don't age. Exactly. They do not age. So 29 for him is kind of like a 25-year-old, if you ask me, because mm-hmm. he still has a long, long career. And Kevin Durant is. Maybe well, he's definitely. I would say number two most unguardable player in the league behind LeBron. He's one of the greatest scores to ever. For real, he may. Yeah, he's gonna go down his just like a top three scorer of all time. Not not in the total points, but just like his ability to score, how well rounded he is offensively, and not to mention defensively. This year and last year, he's really stepped it up. Yep. He said he wants to be all team defense, and uh, I think he got a chance. He does have a chance for sure. So that's who I'd pick over twenty five and let let the rest fall into place. Um, I'm gonna go with Steph Curry. Just because it's shooting ability, you have to respect it so much that it opens up the game for everybody else. Like, you know what I mean? You just, it's just so much you have to dictate um, around his shooting ability. Um, and he's, like, let's not forget he's a two-time MVP. Let's not forget that, you know, Kevin Durant is now his teammate, which is why, you know, he's probably not having the statistical numbers that we know he can. Um, and, you know, I think he's a great leader as well. He's a He's a guy that... Leads by example over the years. He's been more vocal. Um, and his game his game just naturally makes everybody better because mm-hmm. you have to respect – the defense has to respect him so much that um, the attention that he draws 
just opens the game up for so much for so uh, for so many other players uh, in different type of ways. Plus, he does have the ability um, to make to make a play. Uh, mm-hmm. We see in his game growing to that than just being a shooter. So I'm gonna go with Steph Curry, uh, and he's a he's a two time champion, so yeah. that got to count for something. Um, and if you're a GM, like having a player like Steph is crazy because he's probably. Behind LeBron again is probably the most marketable player in the league. Yep. He is the family man. He does nothing wrong off the court. Nothing. He comes, plays basketball, goes home to his cooking wife. And like like it's like the per- he's like the perfect player to have on your team if you want to sell jerseys and stuff. Yeah, and he's not gonna bring drama to the locker room. Exactly. Or to yep. the team or nothing like that. I think that could be said by all of us to be honest. Except for KD, maybe not, because this last offseason kinda went downhill for KD's. You are like, fool with it, KD. <laughs> it wasn't in the locker room though. Right, no, it was, no, not in the locker room. It was room. his personal drama. Yeah, yeah. Next question is from Luis. Shout out to Luis for this one. Have a debate on who will be the face of the league in the future. What do y'all want to consider the future? Five years from now? Because five years from now, maybe Le- LeBron's LeBron not. Right, okay. Whenever I think LeBron that could be five years. Five years from now. Which but, is crazy because he's 32 and we say he still got five more years. Come on now, LeBron. Do your thing. I mean, if Kobe was playing until he was 39, LeBron could actually play until he's 45. LeBron's still the best player. Yeah. And LeBron has openly said it would be crazy if he was still in the league. Going against his son, so we kind of see his mindset <laughs> a little right. bit. Yeah, he did say that. So um, I'm gonna have to go with Ben Simmons, man. Uh, that's I had it too. probably my favorite player right now. My number one favorite player. Um, had to wait an entire year to see him, but I feel like what Greek Freak is doing right now, and what is this Greek Freak's fourth or fifth year? Fourth year. Mm-hmm. I think Ben Simmons can do that next year mm-hmm. or his third year, and I think that's going to be something consistent. Um, Where the games are completely different. Ben Simmons actually controls the game more, so I don't know. And he like the playmaking is better. Yeah, yeah, he's a better playmaker yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, I think he's a better playmaker. I wouldn't say it's completely different because they both attack and don't really shoot a lot and have the ball in their hands. But yeah, I like the way Ben Simmons can control the game, and I think that the talent around Ben Simmons is going to allow Ben Simmons to win much more faster than Greek Freak. Ben Simmons actually takes more mid range jumpers than Giannis probably. I like how he comes off those pick and rolls and actually look to shoot that jumper. And if they play it, then he goes by him and then he dishes it. And he has the lob to NBA. Yeah, that's yeah. a dangerous team. And they only going to get better. Um, I get Giannis. I get Giannis just for the simple fact, again, it's just only his fourth year and he's leading the league in scoring. He he is very similar to, again, the the, <laughs> your, the face of your Organization, the face of your league has to be somebody that is like Steph Curry, that is like LeBron James, that do nothing off the court. It's kind of just like this wholesome player. And that's what Giannis is. The dude came to to America, he had a smoothie, and he's tweeting about how amazing smoothies is. Like, just the stuff like that. Like, he is a fan favorite, and not to mention on the court, he's averaging 30 points per game without having a legitimate jumper at all. If somehow, and this is a big if because not every player can do this, if he can develop a jumper, he is going to be the most unguardable player in the league. That's a fact. And I think that plays a big part. He is not a bad playmaker. Again, y'all, Ben Simmons is a better playmaker, but yeah, he's still a playmaker himself. A playmaker. And I just I just think that's what you need in the face of your league, you know? I, I cannot disagree with it. Shout out to Britt Brown for the next question at B-Squared 1291. Coming in clutch with the question. If you could trade for any non, we're going to change it to all-star. He said a superstar originally. Non-all-star player for your team, who would you trade for? I'm going to be representing the Bulls. Even though Derek is also a Bulls fan, he's going to switch it to a second favorite team, the Trailblazers, so we don't talk about the Bulls too much. And then, of course, Pierre is the number one Knicks fan in the world. Knicks fan. So this is tough, man, because the Bulls are in a rebuilding situation. I kind of want a guy that can bring some veteran leadership, but ultimately is not going to help us win a crazy amount of games. I think I got to go Ricky Rubio, man. We heard rumors about Rubio being a part of that original deal that dealt with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I think his playmaking ability would complement Laurie. And that's ultimately what I want to do. I want to build around Laurie. I think his playmaking ability ultimately would help Laurie grow. And again, you don't have to tie up too much time into him. I like him. that. I like that pick. So Rubio. I think I just got to go Ricky Rubio here. And that's the first of all, Brett, this is the amazing question. Yes. And if I would have had a day to think about this, maybe I would have came up with somebody better. But spur of the moment, Ricky Rubio is one of the first people that came to mind. I would have probably spent all day thinking about this question. Too. Yeah, I may still spend all day thinking about this question. Shout out to you, Brett. My pick was originally Paul George, but he said nine superstars. <laughs> so I had to go. I'm, Portland needs a small four legitimately. 
So I said Ben Simmons. Hey, he's not an all star. So, hey, that's true. It I fits. Said, it I said fits. Ben Simmons. Oh, I feel like man. his playmaking ability would com- complement Lillard and CJ and Nurkic so much that it would take them to the next step immediately. So you want Damian Lillard to play off the ball? Because Ben Simmons has to have the ball to, to flourish. Have to have the ball. But ben Simmons has to them, have the ball. Both of them can have, they can share the ball. Then what you going to have Ben Simmons do? Stand in the corner? What do you mean? Eventually he's going to develop a shot. You Man, I don't count on it. And then in transition, either one of them can have a ball. Hey, I, I'm not, I, can, I can't disagree with you as your team. I just think that Ben Simmons, in order for him to be the player that you like him to be, has to have the ball in his hands. And then for Damian Lillard to be the player that you like him to be, he also has to have the ball Lillard in his hands. can run off screens and shit. Like he, he, I know he can, but yeah. for all of the game? No, no. Why do he have to do it all the games? Ben Simmons needs a rest sometimes. So does Lillard. <laughs> so who? What do you mean? When one of them are on the court, somebody has to run the show. All right. Instead of putting the ball in CJ's hand, have CJ. How about y'all get guard. Wilson Chandler? Why? Because he's realistic. <laughs> You're not getting Ben Simmons. You just. I, I answered the question. <laughs> uh, for my Knicks, man, we need a small forward too. But um, cancer can come off the bench. So I'm going to go with um, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, I would like to see him and Przingis next to each other. You know, that would be a good little Twin Tower mm. thing. And, and Vucevic, rebounds, Vucevic rebounds way more better than Przingis. So why not? But what? But what? Doesn't this go into what you just said to me? Like how you said Ben Simmons needs the ball to be successful? Doesn't Porzingis need the ball, and so does Vucevic need the ball to no. be successful? Vucevic gets a lot of offensive rebounds and just put it right back up, kind of like Cantor. But he just does it at a higher rate, and he can stretch out and hit a three. But they also give him the ball on the block, and he put, goes to work that way. They have, but they also have had seasons where they didn't, and they try to give Aladipo the ball, and Eric Gordon was the second option, and Aaron Fournier was the option. So he can go get his own. If you don't like that answer, we go get a small <laughs> four. We go get Otto Porter. Because um, we don't have a small forward. I would like to see Otto Porter in Portland also. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good one. Um, I like Avery Bradley. He's a glue guy. I, yeah. You know, that's somebody I thought y'all was going to say for the Bulls. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a great question. I really wouldn't want him. And I wish I had more time to think about it, to be honest. Maybe we'll revisit this when a Lakers fan gets here, too. And we can all have a whole couple days to think about it. But that was such a great question, Brett. It was. We're going to wrap up here. Maybe this is a transition. Maybe it's the end of the show. We just don't really know just yet. Hopefully, now I'm going to put on my LeVar Ball head and I'm going to speak it into existence. <laughs> we are, uh, yeah, let's make it happen, guys. Uh, thank y'all so much for listening, or we'll be right back. Either way, we appreciate y'all. Always. <laughs>